Hi everyone, uh, Josh from the future here. Unfortunately, uh, one of us, being me, uh, invoked the Scottish play curse and uh, really mcduffed it up. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, the audio quality is not exactly on point, but that's my fault. So uh, sorry, please do enjoy though. This is a really cool interview. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons, and I've got nothing funny to say. Um, you'd think by now I, I would, I don't. Um, joining with me today is someone who is, I would say, very much in the who's who of people that do really cool stuff in, in, in the TTRPG universe. Um, friend, who, who are you? What, what do you do? Oh, you flatter me. Uh, hi, I'm no, Jessica Mark. <laughs> I'm Jessica Merkram. I am a game designer and uh, I'm also a social worker slash trauma therapist and sensitivity reader. That is really cool. Thank you. Okay, uh, everyone, um, I had done a, whole, a bit of reading on Jess's work and the more I find out um, and what you just told me is like, okay, I have more reasons to find out how cool you are. This is really <laughs> excellent. Um, Jess, you've done some work recently on a couple of things. Um, I believe you were in uh, the Uncaged Anthology number one. One and four, yeah. Those That oh, was the sorry. first thing I ever wrote for uh, any game. That is a high bar. Because everything I've heard of that anthology is, it is just so good. I got really lucky. I got really lucky that Ashley accepted me for that. So... Yeah, that was that was a good place to uh, like start from. There was kind of starting a couple steps ahead. Uh, if if I may um, slightly argue the point, I wouldn't say that's lucky. I'd say that's fortunate. And on the note of being fortunate, the the little thing we're going to use as our like game design warm up topic is um, the fact that humankind invented board games early. Uh, the oldest board game we think we found, which is about 5,000 years old, was an Egyptian game called Senet, uh, S-E-N-E-T, and that the winner was considered to be fortunate, not lucky. So that's a terrible segue, but I got there in the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I learned about Senet from you today, actually, as all sorts of nonsense is going on in the American Senate. <laughs> hey! Hey! Uh, I was... Looking into Senate, Egyptian Senate, though, and uh, I thought it was cool that nobody really knows how to play, but there's still other games from there that they kind that we kind of know how to play. One that yeah. I thought was very fun that was called Hounds and Jackals. That does sound cool. It's like a racing game. I totally just switched games on you, but you have like little pieces that look like dogs and jackals or maybe cats and eagles, and you like race them across the board, and I don't know how it works apart from that but apparently they play it in the 10 commandments movie with charlton heston oh wow that's really cool yeah yeah um i i read about it here but also um there's another book that a friend of mine gave me called uh the bones or something and it's all about dice and a couple of people speak about senate in that oh cool like the bones is like rolling the bones yeah exactly because uh dice were originally formed from knuckle bones of sheep or something yeah yeah. Um, and I was going to say also, I mean, if you're using um, eagles in your game of Senate, do you think there could be a Warhammer 40,000 adaptation 
as a form of the Horus heresy. Ooh. Now, there is an Egyptologist out there who is going to punch me in the face for that one. <laughs> and I accept. Say, yes, yes, I think that's a crossover that you need now. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible pun. Um, I, I think what I like about this also is it says that we started with one board game, and even though we don't know how it's how it would have been played, mm-hmm. it's been home-ruled due to cultural changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually really cool because it tells me that board games are always there and they're actually required to constantly evolve. It's almost like Monopoly or Uno, right? Where like nobody yeah. really plays it the way it's supposed to be played. Yes. I have read about Monopoly that the the rule no one uses is uh, if someone refuses to buy a property they land on, it has to be auctioned off. Really? Yeah. Huh. I think. There's going to be someone who actually is me, um, but that's fine. Um, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I guess I didn't play with that rule. We certainly didn't. Um, our home rule was all tax money ends up in the center, and if you land on free parking, that's yours. We did that too. That seems to be one of those like home rules that seems to have gone around the world. Yeah, that's like uh, with the Uno, where you uh, can just keep slapping down, like draw fours. On somebody, like, draw four, reverse it, draw four, reverse it, draw four, um, reverse it kind that's of thing. Not, that's not canon? No. Oh. Uno Twitter uh, was putting out, like, you can't do that. And everybody blew up and was like, don't tell me how to play my game, Uno company. <laughs> <laughs> don't, me- don't you know, corporate explain this product to me that is mine, <laughs> owner of the intellectual property. Yeah, apparently there's, like, a lot of Uno rules that just everybody does, but aren't actually part of the game. I now need to go and apologize to my wife at some point. (laughs) Because she and our firstborn... No, she and our firstborn were playing this, and, you know, she played a a draw two on him, and he played one back. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you can't do that. And so they waited till I got home. They waited three hours for, oh for like a, a neutral judgment i'm like okay well let's let's just google the rules and go with that and the first google result it just says like yeah you can absolutely do that so um for those who can't see the visual uh which is none of you because this is an audio format uh josh's I face just took it. on a oh dear kind of expression <laughs> um yeah i i, I think I also kind of like the fact that even in our, like, 5,000 years ago is a decent chunk of, of, like, our process of there to now. And I kind of like the fact that these games, like, games were seen as important. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a religious thing. And so I think that is the best historical slapdown of the term, it's just a game. Oh, I like that. It's not just a game. Games are important. Like, we, we recognized very early on that our ge- our brains like to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's cool. Yeah, uh, I was reading, like, even uh, Egyptians were entombed with their Senate sets. Yeah. Which, that's pretty cool, so they could still play in the afterlife. I mean, you need something to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's the a long was, afterlife. 
Look, and, let, and let's be honest, 5,000 years of playing the same game, you're going to homebrew some amazing stuff. It's true. Name all the pieces. Give them oh, little backstories. God. Yeah, exactly. This is Frank. <laughs> this is Bill. This is Bob. Bob, I ne- Bob has always let me down. In 5,000 years, Bob has never <laughs> redeemed himself. One day he will. <laughs> So, so the 5,000-year-old ancestor to, to the phrase, eat shit Bob. Thank you, John Oliver. Um, oh. I, I like John Oliver. I do too. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, Jess, um, you, a, a, as we said, you have done an amazing amount of stuff in games. And by amazing amount of stuff, not, not just is it like a it's, – it's a good, solid body of work. This is some good stuff. And you are also an instructor with the RPG – uh, work, uh, please forgive it's me. now called the Storytelling Collective, but yes, it was Ooh. the RPG work, Writer's Workshop. Yes, I uh, registered to do it last year, and then I got absolutely 2020'd. So. Your registration should still carry over. Like, all of the courses are still there. It's really like a do-it-whenever-you-want-it kind of thing. Oh, I will definitely have to get in on that. I think it's just about making the me time to do it. Yeah. Cool. Um, but just how how did you get started in in playing role play games? Um, one of my well, when I first moved to Pittsburgh, uh, one of the first places my partner scoped out was a board game store, and he was so excited because he was like, "There's a game store like right around the corner from us," and I was like cool and did did you also say that is this is why i love you (laughs) i like kind of played games like some board games but i didn't really play rpgs i yeah i played some card games and i was just like why is that like a thing that we're excited okay good for you and then he made all of his best friends there uh he works there now (laughs) and um but this man is living after, the dream, let's be honest. Yeah, but after a while, uh, you know, I was hanging out with some of our friends who work there, and one of them uh, was appalled that I hadn't ever really played an RPG. I had, like, sort of tried in high school once, and it hadn't worked out. Um, but he was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I used to be an opera singer back in the day and he was like you're a performer and you like games you love fantasy it's stupid that you don't play rpgs and i was like okay so he set up a game of tunnels and trolls for uh me and my partner and a couple other people who had never played an rpg before and then i was just hooked i had so much fun i played a rogue fairy who wore tiger claws and uh, would, like, fly into people's faces <laughs> and scratch out their eyes. There is a very particular... Okay, first of all, you are speaking to someone that, given the choice, will probably choose to play a rogue. Okay. Can, can I... Is that your go-to class of choice? Uh, Now it's probably... Well, for a long time it was barred. Actually, I'm a perma-GM at this point. So... Yep. Yeah, I for the long now whenever I play, I I generally 
go last to just play whatever the party needs to like have a balanced group. You are too good a person. <laughs> I was going to say, gonna, I, 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 I know what I'm going to be. I'm like, what, what do you need? <laughs> I, 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 okay. I did that with the latest table that I'm actually getting, getting, getting to play at. Uh huh. Um, and, uh, you know, warlock healer, essentially. Um, Oh, that's fun for warlocks. They don't get a lot of heals. The celestial. Oh song? yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like bonus action heal. All right, Eldritch Blast again. Um, yes. His name is Greg, and he's just sick of it all. Um, <laughs> just tired. Um, he's the 2020 character. Um, <laughs> but but I usually play rogue because I I like the fact that rogues seem to be able to break the game. So very much. Mm-hmm. It's like plus 10 to stealth. It's like, right, okay, unless I roll a one, you are not going to see me. Yeah. Which, like, okay, I can just break the game. Oh, uncanny dodge, evasive. Yeah. You thought you rolled 60 with that fireball, my friend. <laughs> one <laughs> yes, moment. I'm fine. Yeah, just, just slow walks out of the, uh, slow walks through the fireball blast. You know, great coat hat. I'm still here. Rogues and uh, fighters who end up wearing so much friggin' armor that they're like more than 20 to hit. Yes, that is why we have magic missile. Mm-hmm. Or heat and metal. And deck saves. And heat metal. Yes. Oh, you appear to be wearing plate mail armor. That takes a long time to get off, my friend. <laughs> Yes, that that is that is good fun. Um, and, and ha- so you you started playing tunnels, uh, chores and tunnels. You mm-hmm. decided, hey, this is good fun. Um, what, what what was it that I guess got you into the uh, production side, not just the enjoyment side, or consumption side? I should maybe say. Yeah. So uh, one of my friends, it's actually he's actually pandatheist uh, or pandatheist. I always say pandatheist because I read wrong on I know Twitter. That I follow him. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, his name's Ben. He's a nice guy. He also, uh, hangs out at that game store all of the time. (laughs) And, uh, I was, I think I was running mouse guard for him at that point, but that was the first game I ever GM'd was mouse guard and he was in the group and, um, he was at that game store games unlimited in Pittsburgh. If you're in the area, I know you're not Josh (laughs) come by, but, uh, yeah, I was there after grad school uh, at the time, and he was like, hey, there's this thing that you should write for because you're a really good game designer. And I was like, I've never designed games. And he was like, you made a really great adventure that I'm loving, and you know mythology better than like anyone I know. So you should write for this thing and showed me Ashley's call for Uncaged. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's like a real thing. And he was like, if you can GM a game, you can write a game. So I was so nervous. I pitched two adventures. And that's why I'm in two volumes. (laughs) So in other words, you've got 100% strike rate. (laughs) (laughs) With Ashley, yes. And yet yet she claims, people, I was just so lucky. Rather than I'm just (laughs) the best there is. Oh, that's not remotely true. <laughs> but I, I... I agree. You're not lucky. You are the best. There you go. Wow. You can keep that. But, 
Yeah, so I pitched uh, a Melusine adventure based on French mythology and a La Llorona adventure. And then I made a lot of great friends and then just kept writing. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, now, now you, you say you're into mythology. You said your first one is based on French mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're writing, like how, I mean, we all imitate. We all draw from stuff. Um, yeah. th- there's a really good... Uh, documentary on netflix about human creativity and Ooh, got what a, is that i think it's the creative mind or something okay um I've, there's a note josh can insert later on um <laughs> if he has the mental wherewithal to do it uh, i think it's check it out yeah and it's got an author on there and i can't quote the guy exactly um but what he said is very much along the lines of what terry pratchett uh used to always say um which was I don't invent stuff, I steal stuff. And I just use it in inventive ways. Which sounds like, yes. I mean, yeah, isn't that the, like, what was it? Uh, Average composers uh, are inspired by the greats. uh, Great composers just steal from them or something. I forget what it is. Yes, I've I've heard, I know the uh, expression you're talking of. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean. I think there's this pressure on a lot of game designers because I've, I felt this myself, um, to write something unique that like no one else has ever written. But the fact that you're writing it means that it's going to be unique. Like no one's ever had your exact perspective. So unless you are straight up copying someone else's thing, it's going to be unique. Like there's also the idea that there's like no new idea under the sun, which is kind of true. But no one's had your interpretation of this idea that has been done a million times before. So don't let that stop you. Let it encourage you. Be the you in unique. Ah. Ah, someone should stop me. Um, so so when, when you're going through mythologies, like how do you decide this needs to be a game? Well, with Uncaged, it was specifically supposed to be like a feminist reclaiming of monsters uh, from the monster manual and from mythology. And so I thought of some of my favorite myths and just wrote a couple of them down. And then I went through the monster mythology and basically like looked at every female monster that seemed interesting to me and then tried to figure out where they could intersect or overlap and uh yeah i always start with i know a lot of people start with like a feeling where they're like i want to make people feel this emotion or i want to do like a tower defense thing or i want to write a dungeon crawl i usually start with like i want to write something with a dragon in it or i want to write something (laughs) that has a mimic And then I just start from there and I'm like, well, where would the mimic live? Or like, what kind of dragon is this? How does this dragon get along with people? Or does it? Like, what's its life like? And then build the adventure from there. I, that that, that does sound cool. Like, okay, I want, because monsters do, I think, set an atmosphere very, very well. 
Like mm-hmm. a story with a dragon is going to have, I think, a sense of majesty, intelligence, and potentially manipulation. Like even going back to the original Dungeons and Dragons monster manual, right. um, the chances that a dragon would talk to adventurers was actually a pretty decent percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I'm not at home, so I can't go and grab my original edition um, thing. But I think it was like 40% of them will talk. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, th- this is a number of things, which which does say to me, like, the monster's behavior isn't just, you know, breath weapon, wings, tail, just start yes. smacking. No, this is a creature that wants to work work with you, but in a way where it's exploiting you. Yep. And I think that's cool. I think that's why I like hags so much. They're the same way. Favorite hag myth? Uh, or, or favorite collection of? I'd, I'd be curious. Favorite I collection? I realize also I put you on the spot. Oh. I was like, well, I wrote in a collection of hags, so I should sorry, say sorry. I, I mean, Grandmother Crook Besom's Book of Hags on the DMC. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a plug. <laughs> no, favorite story about hags? Oh. I, I think Macbeth is kind of like the... That's a good one. Yeah, because it's, it's you got, you know... You just your own show? Look, if the, if the audio doesn't work out for any reason, I have just given myself the best out. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish play. Yes. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you've got the, the traditional, the maid, the mother, and the crone. Um, in, in certain stage productions, anyway, it's like the one we got, we actually got to watch the movie at high school. It was great. Um, Which I one? I, I, that's a really good question, because I don't know any of the actors ever did anything else. Oh, okay. So not like the Patrick Stewart one. It was not the Patrick St- I can confirm not Patrick Stewart. I would have absolutely recommended, remembered okay. that, rather. Yeah. Um, one. Yeah, I think, oh, man, I think it's the classic one, but it is it is a case where these three, th- these three characters are that combination of, like, very openly manipulative. Mm-hmm. To a degree unknowable, though, but right. also highly relatable. Like, this is a human-shaped creature. At the, like, I don't know if a hag is a human still, or... In the monster manual, they are fey or fiend. But given, like, European mythology, sometimes they are fey creatures. If you're going by the, I'm going to butcher Gaelic. So I'll just say the Irish hags (laughs) Um, were fey. There's also uh, the myths of the cats who could become old women. Uh, and, uh, I'm just going to refer to all these monsters and not say them because they're all in Gaelic and I don't want to embarrass myself, but it's cool. They, but they can only do it nine times. So that's where you get like old ladies hanging out with cats and cats have nine lives. But, uh, really, yeah. (laughs) That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I know that there's like a, another traditional connection of cats and old ladies, the alewives. There's the alewives. Yeah. And yeah, also just cunning women uh, who were like basically women who knew herbs and stuff and would help with uh, birthing. 
Mm. And it was like, oh, yes, they, they know all about the womanly things. They're clearly evil. You know, the, there's a lot to be said about the patriarchy, all of it bad. Um, <laughs> but it's like, oh, far out, dude. Like, how intimidated? How, how terrible are you at life that someone else knowing something you don't is what make you, makes you decide you're evil? Mm-hmm. You must be doing some weird magic. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, th- this is not the Josh Destroys Patriarchy podcast. Th- that's a project for later. Um, I was always partial to the, uh, the, the 13th fairy in Sleeping Beauty. I always liked her a lot because I felt like she had a good reason to be mad. Maybe <laughs> not kill a baby the- mad. Well, well, <laughs> But she did I, I, have a good reason to be mad. Was she the essentially the inspiration for Maleficent? Yeah. Oh, like, cool. we, we invited everybody except you. We hoped you wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, I think you just earned whatever you receive. <laughs> Sounds like you've earned yourself an asswhoopin'. Well. Like, oh, we don't have enough fancy plates for you. Do you want these, like, just kind of crappy plates she's like you know what that's enough yeah i i respect this this is yeah that's proper (laughs) and then she just like curses the baby and leaves and that's it like she does her business and goes away and i was like yeah you know what i haven't we all had an angry outburst (laughs) when you found out someone was having a party without you I, I will confess, there's been a lot of times in my life where I thought, oh, thank God, I don't have to go? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's You that know me. <laughs> the best feeling is when one of your friends messages you to cancel plans. Yeah, I'm, I, I've got two minds on that. Um, but that's, that's, again, a longer discussion. That, cause I, I think... As intrinsically social human, sorry, as as intrinsically social creatures, there is a great point where you will just have had a day. You will have used all your spoons, mm-hmm. all your mental wherewithal is just destroyed, and then the person where you're thinking, okay, I've got to, re- I've got to, you know, reserve a couple of spoons worth of energy for whatever this is going to be, mm-hmm. and you don't have those couple of spoons. In fact, you may already be running negative spoons, mm-hmm. and then that person messages you and says, hey, dude. Let, let's not. And you're like, thank you so much. Yep. Um, but but at the same time, like, if, if you have the spoons to go do it, like, there's a lot of really cool research that says that, hey, you know, human social connection is actually something really good for us. Makes you feel better. Yeah. Not, not just makes you feel better, but um, continued human interaction and that negotiation of uh, human understanding helps us to be more empathetic and self-aware. Um, oh, yeah, that's it, true. It, it could be someone's researching a podcast right now about how the fact that social connections actually help us from not being radicalized. Ooh. I, wonder who that, I wonder who that dumbass could be. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I'm rereading Let me know what sociology. That's done. I'm rereading sociology textbooks at the moment because it's like, yeah, I need to brush up on my theory. Oh. Yeah. I, I will. I, I will have questions for you after you told me that stuff at the start. I'm like, oh my god, this person's great. I need to. <laughs> I need to pick their brain. Oh, a um, hell of a time to be researching social isolation, huh? 
Thank you, 2020, for making this relevant again. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, my um, my education is in counterterrorism, so I went to sales. Um, oh wow! Yeah, don't, no, it's not exciting. It's not. I promise you. We didn't learn anything about kung fu fighting, gunfights, or car chases. I wish we had. Did you learn like code breaking? No. What we learned were like how to kind of consider how to do criminal stuff, but given that majority of the class was Australian, like we're kind of halfway there, anyways. <laughs> Again, I play a rogue. <laughs> so I would think counterterrorism would basically just be like going onto 4chan and being like, or you could not be racist. Yeah, it's it's kind of all about, hey, what what's the best way of preventing counterterrorism? Don't be a dick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the one sentence answer. Um but anyways, that that's well off what I, I want to know more about. Um, now, you, you said you're an instructor with the, the Storytelling Collective. How, how did that get started? Uh, Ashley Warren, who started the Uncaged Anthology, uh, also runs that. And she was hiring instructors for it. Uh, first, she reached out to a bunch of us Uncaged writers and asked us if we run into write pep talks for it, which are basically not the full on lessons, but just emails that go out that are like on a specific thing. So like, hey, keep writing, keep doing this thing, focus on this thing this week. And then later when she had some space for writers, she uh, kind of messaged us all again and asked like, hey, if anybody wants to be uh, an instructor, basically like pitch me a lesson. Or if you have space to work on one of these lessons that needs to be filled, like, let me know. So I jumped at the chance for that. And again, did too. <laughs> <laughs> again, 100% strike rate, Jess. How dare you say I'm like, just I don't know if it's good. So here's two. <laughs> you shot two, you hit two. Yeah. Uh it's not always like that. Just Ashley likes my stuff, and she's very nice. <laughs> How dare you be so good? Um, no, that that's really cool. Like I like, like I said, I I need to go back into that course and actually start doing it because I got one or two things that I want to kind of look at doing. Um, yeah, the lesson cool. so, that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to ask what what would be out of the lessons that you've done and again i should know this but i haven't done the course like i promised yeah, myself um looking at the the kind of things that you would say to someone who's wanting to get into design what would the where, where would you tell someone to start or what works well for you or what have you seen work for other people so i always recommend the workshop um but i know it's not for everybody because it can seem really uh a lot at once, even though it is paced really well and it's self-paced, but uh, there can be a lot of pressure to hit that mark of like, you sign up for this thing, it's like an eight-week program or a six-week program, and then we're all going to publish at the end of it. And I know for some people that can be really overwhelming to write and publish and get ready an adventure in that amount of time. But my advice is really just if you have an idea, start writing. If you've run a game, start writing down your campaign or something. Grab a template. That's a great thing to get from the <laughs> RPG writing workshop. Mm. 
but uh, get a template or just there's a free or it's not free. It's uh, but there's a template for Word right now that's on the DMs Guild that's like how to format if you want to write a D&D thing, like how to format things in Word. Um, that's like five dollars. It's very affordable. There's also one for how to do it for InDesign and one for how to do it for Affinity. So like if those are things that you own, there are three three template things available right there for publication. Also, like the biggest thing that I see people are people stopping themselves because they either have too many ideas and they don't know how to pare it down. Like very I've encountered a lot of people who are like, I have an idea for a whole game and here's this whole world in my head. And there's this, uh, there's a whole pantheon and there's all of these different countries and here's their currency and this or the other. Oh, and I'm like, well, what have you written? They're like, nothing, but I know it. And I made a map kind of thing. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> Write me an adventure that takes place in this world. And then people will get interested in the other stuff. Let people learn about your world, get invested in it by playing in that kind of thing. Like start small and then expand. Because if it's just in your head, it'll just keep growing and growing and growing. And you won't have anything to show for it. The short version of this advice is just start writing. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good advice. <laughs> I, I I can see also like um even if someone say got um like the the all the canon built in their head with mm -hmm. like a, a couple of like little note changes that they could make it quite shall we say campaign neutral like mm -hmm. you know this you know it's, it, it's not say um for for example you know Thor the god of thunder it could be you know such an you know insert god of thunder here or god of war right. or you know someone like that. You know, he pays you 50 crowns, he gives you 50 gold pieces. So you can, right. yeah, I mean, I, I think any dungeon master can take that kind of thing and go, okay, great, I can, I can, look, as as someone who um, has taken Curse of Strahd and massively rewritten it as a spaghetti western, as a steampunk <gasps> spaghetti western, and he's not a sex criminal, see? Already, ah! it's, already it's so much better. Oh my um, gosh. It's like, yeah, I steal shit all the time. And also for my D and D game, um, yeah, it's 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 like yeah, I mean you you should be able to adapt anything to tell the story you want to tell, and I and I think that's yes, no, yeah, no, absolutely. But also like give people something that they can hook into, because like if it's just in your head, nobody's gonna be able to play it because you're not giving them anything. We we can't as yet do the psychonauts thing and put a small door on your forehead and leap in there. Right. As much as we may want to. Maybe one day. Yeah. And um, you get better at writing by practicing writing, just like you get better at anything by doing it. Yeah. I've I've slowly learned to be not to be slightly better at interviewing people and asking them questions. It's it's pretty good. Not, not better at audio editing, though. <laughs> it's <still terrible. laughs> um, now, Jess, we, b before we push the record button, we, we were having a little pre-chat about um, a project you're working on with uh, Cubicle 7. Mm -hmm. um, 
the now this was I'll, I'll, I'll let you I'll ask you very politely please to um, in introduce this project because this got my brain saying yes I need this okay uh yeah I've done some writing for Age of Sigmar Soulbound uh the one well there's a lot that you can purchase for Age of Sigmar Soulbound right now uh but the one that I wrote for that is currently available is the uh, GM starter set. I wrote a one-page adventure that takes place in the city of Brightspear. And it's basically like a big damn heroes RPG in the world of Warhammer. But it's after the world of war or it's after the era of warhammer 40k after the world was broken and sigmar kind of shoved the pieces back together <laughs> <laughs> and the only die that you need for it is a whole bunch of d6s cool um and the the, the thing that i confess to is i i have only a certain level of crunch that my brain can absorb before it goes um Josh, there's a reason you did humanities at university, not like, <laughs> you know, something important. Um, is, is this more or less streamlined uh, than, say, um, things like the Warhammer 40k roleplay game they have? I would say more. There's much fewer numbers to keep track of. Like, uh, I know a lot of people... Okay, so I haven't played the Warhammer 40k... RPG, but I have played the Warhammer Fantasy RPG, which I think is similar in that it you use a D100 or a percentile die and it's a roll under system, right? Yes, I think it's like my, my read of the rules was like, okay, roll to hit, roll to see where you hit, roll to see how much damage you did, roll to see what defense they have. And it's like, okay, this is a bit, this is a bit much already That's for me to lot. keep track of. Yeah. So, um, how it works in Soulbound, and this is the thing that can be confusing for people at first, is there's basically what they call the ladder, which shows um, you have three stats. That's your body, your spirit, and your mind. And all your abilities are just tied to those three stats. But usually you don't even have that many abilities. Like, they're available, but you... Hmm specialize in whatever you do uh and based on how like those numbers you extrapolate whether your weapon skill for example your roll to hit is poor average good excellent or i skipped great excellent or superb so like you roll to attack you're like my skill is good and their defense skill is good so to hit them, you roll your D6s, and if you get a four on any of them, you succeed. Basically. I Okay. Um, like the number to hit is four. Awesome. So I, how it changes I, I like would be that like, it... if your skill was great mm. and their defense was poor, then all you would need would be like a two or something. I, I'm sorry. Everyone oh, at Cubicle okay. 7, I'm giving bad math because okay. I have a music degree. <laughs> but um, it basically goes that way. So you're checking your levels like that. Yeah. And it's um, a dice pool. So okay. you just roll a shitload of dice. If you get the numbers, 
you hit. And then how much damage you do is based on how many successes you get. Okay. What, what, what that sounds like is it kind of reminds me of like classic tabletop Warhammer where it's like, okay, your weapon skill is four, there's is three, therefore you hit on a three plus. It's exactly like that. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Um, I do love <laughs> that you, you kind of took the Grant Howard one-page design school and said, what if we made this slightly more? It's like, okay, now you've got two stats. That's a bit much. So that's, that's not enough. We need three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Same dice, though. Great. Um, I mean, everybody likes just throwing out a bunch of D6s. This is why I play rogues. Like, you know, sneak attack, crit. There you go. I'm just going to go get every D6 in the house. <laughs> just... There you go. Um, okay, th this sounds really, really cool. Um, wh when is this? Uh, so is is that starter thing available as yet, or is that? Yes, that's available on Drive Through RPG as a PDF. I think it's going to be available in print later this year. Uh, says the person who's not totally informed about everything. <laughs> but uh, then I have some other cool stuff that's coming out with them as well later this year. So it should be fun. I'm. I, I will confess. I'm. I'm probably going to be going and looking at that starter kit very soon, as in the next six or seven minutes when I have to go back. <laughs> and work. Um. Cool. Jess is. Uh, as we come to the end, there's, there is always a question we ask. Um. Most of the time, anyways. Um. As far as your you taking care of you. Um. What What is that looking like at the moment? Are there any self care things that you would say to people that they should really be trying to engage with oh you're asking a therapist this so yes i could give you so many things but uh for how often i do them that's a very different question uh so yeah i should be doing mindfulness and i should be exercising all the time but should's a bad word and we don't say that so as far as me taking care of me um i really try to make sure to have right now my partner and I are working very different schedules like his work schedule just happens to be he primarily goes to work on my days off <laughs> and vice versa so at the end of both of our work days uh we try to have at least a couple hours to just hang out together and like play a game or watch tv and have a beer or just do something and hang out. And that for me is what I do to take care of myself because with the pandemic, I've been seeing all my clients online and I write at home. So I've been home alone a lot. And I made a whole game about just being at home alone with your cats. So... <laughs> Because <laughs> that was my life. Uh, and just having that human connection and, you know, seeing the person that you you live with and have a relationship with. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, Jess, is, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, and, and where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Miss underscore Jess zero three. Come watch me play D&D &D every Friday on my Twitch stream. 
uh, twitch.tv slash angry nerd girl. I'm running a game called Three Flings, which is the adventures of three tieflings through the entire Uncaged anthology. So if you like Uncaged, you should enjoy that. We have, yeah, there's not even a lot of lore to get through because it's just a bunch of vaguely connected one shots. And um, I just started working for Magpie Games as one of the GMs for their curated play program. So if you want to play Bluebeard's Bride or Urban Shadows 2E, check out Magpie's website and sign up to play a game with me. Cool. Uh, With these um, three uh, creatures, like, have you got like a a thiefling or a beefling? We have a teethling who is our... dentist? (laughs) (laughs) I should tell her that. She is a fighter, but she is homebrewed, so she has no magic. She doesn't have the magic reaction that tieflings have. Instead, Mm. she has the lizard folks bite attack. And she has rows and rows and rows of teeth like sharks have. Nice. Uh, we have a sea fling who is like an axolotl tiefling. Uh, she inflates when she gets wet. She's our bard. And uh, Ophelia, oh, she was our frogling, but that doesn't work as well. She's our warlock. <laughs> oh, thiefling? No, that doesn't work either. I mean, the um, bard is kind of a thiefling because she was originally oh, okay. a thief. Yeah, I think the I think the bard with a criminal background is like, look, you've just nailed it. You're a slightly more magical rogue. Good work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually my character is a bard with a charlatan background. It's like my hey! favorite. Good stuff. When Ooh, I play um, someone that doesn't have a charlatan background, I'm like, oh, uh, what? What is this? <laughs> Urch what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cool. Um, Jess, I, I do want to say thank you very much for giving me your time. Um, if, if people want to find me, uh, please do look up Nerdy People D because I was not allowed to use an ampersand. Um, please do check out our actual play. Uh, by the time this goes live, we will probably be maybe close to starting. Yeah, we should probably – oh, we might be a week from starting up our Curse of Strahd Spaghetti Western game. We've just finished playing Burn Bright for a bit. Oh, fun. Burnbright's good. I like it. Gonna start playing with my boy and a bunch of his friends. So it'll be good. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Um, Jess, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This was so great talking to you. Cheers.